0: Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Almighty God, we stand here in your presence. Father, we pray, let your kingdom come and your will be done amongst your people this day in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you to the band. You may be seated. Praise God. Welcome to the house of God. Welcome to Little Falls Christian Center. It's so good to see the faces, and I pray and hope you will have a fantastic day here with us. God has a wonderful plan. What does the church mean to you? When you hear the word church, gathering, What do you experience as a child of God? Because this place, the gathering of the saints, should be the highlight of your week. It should be the day that you come and you experience the Word of God and you experience the love of Christ and you experience that the person next to you are in the same battle as you. Because at the cross, we are all the same. Every single person here. There's not one single person here that needs less of Jesus. Every single one of us, in the Spirit, we are the same. We need more of Jesus. I definitely in my life need more of Him than ever before in my life and it's a seeking. God has totally opened up the churches for the purpose of His gathering, the gathering of the saints of God. So therefore today and this morning, I want to share on a new and a living way. Maybe you are in a place that you do not experience these things, these wonderful things that other Christians experience. And it might be because the foundation is not set correctly. The doctrine is not enforced in your life. You know some things, but it doesn't connect. Today it is my purpose to connect some points spiritually for you. Our greatest desire in this church is that you fully walk in the freedom and the peace that God wants for you. Fully. And it is a wonderful thing to have that in a person's life. I will try and attempt, but the Holy Spirit is here. And He always helps me. Because he knows, as a pastor in this church, I need a lot of help. <laughs> and without him, I'm quite useless, I must tell you. <laughs> so, therefore, the Holy Spirit is here with us, and he's here with you. Today, my message, the new and the living way. And I'll explain something on the left and the right, the colors that you see there, the meaning of that, quite powerful. Amen. There was a young man, listen to this. I actually don't know how old the man was, but in 1982, I reckon he was a young man because young young men do these kind of things. In 1982, Michael Fagan was sitting in a pub in London. He thought he would like to see the queen. So that's a thought you might like to, you know. How many of you would love to see our president? Have a one-on-one situation with him. I would, I really, I would like that. He went to the palace and scaled the 14-foot high wall. He came over and then he went to a certain place where he found a gutter. And he climbed up the gutter, got to a window. This really happened. Entered the room And went to sit at the bed of the person sleeping there. And that person was the queen. And as she woke, he said to her, good morning, mom. Now, I am sure a lot of people got fired there. This man took a chance and found himself in hot water. That's why I say it's a young person who did this. Because myself and Yani, we don't scale walls anymore. <laughs> we carefully take a ladder with the help of a lot of friends. But here's the idea. There's some places that you are not welcome at all that says do not enter. Have you seen those places? And how many of you are like that? You enter. <laughs> you, you, you like a challenge. If it says do not enter, I'm gonna try this. I, I see these faces. There's a lot of you who actually does that. There's one place, a place that's so dangerous, that is so significant, a place where a very select group of people might enter. And that was the temple, the temple grounds of the Jews. And specifically, when you go through the temple, going into the holy place, only the priests were to enter there because there's ministry done there. And only one person, the high priest, would enter the Holy of Holies only once a year. So there's a massive do not enter sign. And the do not enter sign is the do not dare not enter God's presence. If you were to enter God's presence and you were to do like this one young man did and you would enter, and slip through by the priests, and you were to enter, open up the veil and go through, you would surely die. If they didn't get you, you are dead. Because of the holiness, the purity, the plan of God, God Almighty manifesting in one place on earth, and that's the place. So can you imagine the preparation for the Day of Atonement when everything, all the priests, the whole of Israel got ready on the Day of Atonement to enter so that the high priest might enter and to do sacrifices for himself, his family, and all of Israel. So the sign that said, do not enter, Someone had to take off that sign. Something had to be done. And I'm jumping ahead of myself now. Purposefully. The oh, Jesus, when he cleansed the temple on his way to the cross, which side of the temple did he enter? The Gentile side. He did not enter the court's where the priests were, and he certainly had the right to go into the Holy of Holies. But he entered the courts of the Gentiles and he cleaned out that place so that you and I, the Gentiles, might enter into the Holy of Holies. It's a serious matter. Your devotion your focus, your attention, you giving attention to you as a temple. And I'm running ahead. I've got to hold back so much information here. Here's the thing about we becoming temples. How do you know you're a temple? There's only one thing. You see, I've got scripture here, I can quickly go there and I'll read it, maybe I should, maybe I should. Maybe it would be good for us to hear these things. Scary stuff, I must tell you the word of God, it frightens me. Let me not run ahead of myself. Here's the thing that Jesus Christ came to do. Let us get there. Let's read Hebrews 10, 12. Hebrews 10, verse 12. The book of Hebrews is probably one of the most powerful books in the Bible. Go to verse, I'll start from verse 11. 10, Chapter 10, from verse 11. It says here, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. This ministry of killing animals and trying for the Jews to get themselves sorted out with God had to start every day afresh. Every day, afresh, there were the killing of animals, the innocent blood that would cover sins. It says here, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. That is so Significant. The seated Christ at the right hand of God that became an advocate. And the purpose of an advocate, do you know advocates are expensive? Anybody here ever dealt with advocates? We have an advocate here. I can imagine that account. You know, when when finally you go to the high court, And that advocate knows the law, studied it, knows everything, and presents the case. And when the case is presented, the judge would say, man, this advocate did did their work. They went into all of this. And this advocate came out with the truth. And the truth of the matter is, let's take this gavel, slam it down, and finish this case. Our advocate is seated. Let me go on. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. From that time, the moment the Lord Jesus took the seat, the seat next to the Father, from that moment he's been making and taking enemies and placing them under his foot or his feet. The manner by which he does it is his church. Do you know that? Christ uses his church to bring things to his feet by the power of the Holy Spirit inside a person. But we are building a case here. I'm trying to advocate something to you year this morning. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. So the one thing that Christ did on the cross was he took the keys of death. That's a major victory. That's, that's the victory of all victories. And then it says, For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. He has perfected forever those Who are being sanctified You become You only become a temple You only become aware of God's presence And how much it impacts your life The moment the Holy Spirit Enters a person And makes you a temple Try to sin As a temple Try to sin Anybody I know everybody here Is the same Try and do anything wrong If you're a temple You'll feel guilty <laughs> so whatever you're your sin that you've committed, it never leaves you. I've done some stuff, and I try to walk with that. Oh, you know, when you go every morning, say, Lord, Brother, but I'm so sorry. And then there's certain sins that you've got to confess. You know, there's certain sins you've got to confess. I'm not going into that stuff now. And it says here, But the Holy Spirit also witnessed to us. For after all, he said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and into their minds. That's where I will write them. The moment the Holy Spirit comes and he starts writing your life for you, then life becomes and it makes sense. Only then. And then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. What it means, if Christ has saved you, if Christ has dealt with you, you see, the perfection of the Spirit is immediately done. That's the born-again experience. But now starts the perfecting part of the soul. The soul that controls the flesh. So now, now I start with my sermon, only now, all right? Measure me a half an hour from now. It, now, powerful stuff. Therefore, you see, all of this I have said to say therefore. Paul writes here, now, therefore. Because you're a temple, because someone has dealt with your sin, because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, because now you've moved to the place of being recognized by God the Father, when God the Father turned to the Son and says, the accusation against this child, do you know Him? And the Son would say, I am now advocating this one has your spirit. Because this one has your spirit, no matter the sin that you commit, Let's start the case. Do you know that in heaven, in heaven, heaven was empty. There were no human beings in heaven. That's why paradise was created. No human beings. Satan could enter heaven and accuse men all the time, all the time, all the time. But now, seated at the right hand of God, is the Son of God Himself, and the Son of God is dealing right now, right now at this moment. He is he advocating for you and me. You. Praise God! But right now, this is now to the church. Now God wants something from His church. Now that you are just a normal Christian. But you're a temple. The Holy Spirit, you, you become a temple the moment the Holy Spirit comes in and, and resides in you. That's the moment you, and if you do not treat your body like a temple, you're in trouble. If the body is not set aside fully for God, then you're in trouble and I'm in trouble. But let us go on. It says here, now verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Let me talk about this veil. This veil, it's a powerful thing. This veil meant separation. This veil was the one thing that separated man from God. You see, why? Because the veil kept man safe from God's holy presence. God needed a torn veil. God needed on the day that Jesus Christ to tear that veil so that every single person have permanent, perfect access to his presence. Unlimited, perfect access anytime, every day, for the whole of your life. Let me talk a little bit about the colors. Would have loved to have a picture of a proper veil for you. Listen to this the veil has got three main colors red, which re- represents the words. Are dumb, dumb, blood. ground, red. We are all red. All of, Just scratch, you'll quickly see. The thing that comes out there is not blue or green or pink or purple. That what comes out there is red. It's blood. So you needed this veil, which we now represents a person that would fully become a man. The man God, he had to be fully human. So this is the veil, red. Mankind, but the son of man. Now between the red, the next color is purple. And the color next to that is blue. Blue represents God. The heavens. That's why we look up. Whenever you're in trouble, look up. Just look at the color of the heavens. The God has created that blue color to remind mankind that I'm there for you. I am your God. I'm your creator. But now, when you take blue and you mix it with red, what do you get? Purple. So the mixing of these two colors, purple, is The God-man, the God-man, purple, the royalty, the king. So the veil is a prophecy of someone that would come and be torn apart for our sins. So that that temple, what happens in that Holy of Holies, might come to you and I. That we might have unlimited access into God's presence are you using your unlimited access card? And the unlimited access card is only one thing. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise him in this place. (laughs) Praise him. But let me read on. Therefore, brethren having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance and having faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. This day approaching. There's a day approaching where we will give an account of our lives, assure. As I stand here and I preach to you, there's coming a day and it's coming soon, where we will give an account of what we did with Jesus Christ. From the day you became a temple to the day that you you breathe, you breathe your last. If you do not use your access into God's presence, the enemy wins. If you do not get to God with what Jesus have done. The enemy's got you right there because there's open heavens. There's nothing like, I I feel that I'm not breaking through because the word of God says here that we should have boldness. (laughs) Are you a bold person? Are you a Come to Saturday prayer meetings. You'll see a lot of bold people walking around here. One thing I have learned, truly learned, I've learned is that when it comes to God, he expects of me to be bold. Not cockiness, not attitude, but he expects of me because his son has paid such a great price that he expects of me to get into his presence. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Praise you, Lord. And when you get to his presence, see, some people always stay with a labor where you wash hands, always with a place where the the, the animals were slaughtered, always stay outside of the Holy of Holies. Some people's spiritual lives are just, you know, from one sin to to another sin, from one loss to another loss. Just always saying that, oh Lord, I've got to start over. It's because we are not getting into the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies is where a person with boldness get into God's presence and truth is transferred about your life. Truth, only truth. You cannot lie to God. Go and try and pray yourself around your problems if you've done a mistake. All of us, we do it. Oh, Father God, you know, you are so good. I'll remind you of all your promises, but not my sins. We, we, we'll call all the promises of God. Lord, you are forgiving. Lord, you are kind. Lord, you are so wonderful. You'll provide for all my need. Oh, we we, we go on. But we don't get to the place, oh God, I am so Sorry. Help me. That's the place into the Holy of Holies. A heart assured that with God I can be honest. Why does He not answer prayers? Why? Because we remind Him of His promises. Without calling the blood of Jesus first over our lives to sort us out. Once you sort it out, suddenly this vessel, this temple, that's why I love the devotion of this church. I cannot talk of other churches, but on these grounds, every single millimeter is declared holy. Do you know that? You have never seen us doing business on this place. This is a place. When you come here, it's fully like a temple. I know it's a building and it's just bricks and stuff. But the presence, what we represent, is holiness in the fear of the Lord. That's it. That is the preserved of this church and its people. The fact that we don't play games. Therefore, we can talk straight. So now, this new and this living way, you see, you need confidence and you need boldness and full assurance to get to God's presence. Because the enemy comes and he downloads his rubbish. He keeps people in bondage. He keeps literally people in bondage from getting to the Holy of Holies. But you need to declare your body this day, this day, to be devoted to God. Now, I'm getting to real stuff. You know, I cannot go to God and say to the Lord, Lord, you know, because I'm a pastor, because you have called me and I'm in full-time ministry, Lord, therefore, I must enter your presence. Or today, I've given a good tithe. Father, today, I've outstripped any person in this place. Today, I, or, or today I would say, you know, I have, I have evangelized, I've led someone to Christ. Therefore, Lord, you have to let me into your presence. There's only one single thing. Nothing that man did. Christ, what he did, allows you to be bold. He expect you, when it comes to God the Father, to stand up, to get into his presence. It's always my first prayer. When we do spiritual warfare, you first humble yourself, then you be bold. You see, a humbling is the greatest boldness in the kingdom of God. Humble people who are dependent are the most bold person in the spirit. See, we look at one another You know, you take the big guys, and the big guys, we would say that person has got strength. Listen, man, a little child just coming into God's presence might have the greatest power in the Spirit. So, let me go on. Two things I need to declare to you, and then we can go home. Because this is very important stuff. Verse 22 says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. And this drawing near is basically that getting to God, that decision, that decision. You see, the Lord says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. That's one of my scriptures of my life. My faith is fully that if I draw near to God, he will draw near to me. But the drawing near is always with boldness into his presence. You cannot surprise God. There's no surprises with the Lord. He waits on his church. Come. You might say, but, but I'm so bad. I'm so terrible. No. No, 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 no. The advocate is seated. That seating means it is finished. Come inside. You are welcome get inside. But now there's the important part where very important thing that needs to happen. It says here, verse 24, let us consider one another and stir up love and good works. Verse 24, let us consider one another and stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some why did god bring that in to this portion of scripture because part of getting to god's presence is the coming together of the church it's in the bible people who don't take that serious finds a great difficulty getting into god's presence the gathering together of the saints you see, people built their lives around their money. They built their lives around their friendships. They built their lives outside of the church. God has called His church to be a family. God has called His church not to be friendship with this world. Friendship with this world is an enemy towards God. We had to learn that. When we started with leadership, there were many things pulling at us and there's so many testimonies here, but the person that made the family of God, their priority are the people that walks easier with God. People that are separated from the church and living outside of the church will never walk in full victory. I am sorry, this is the word of God. So you build your friendships in church. This is a warning to some. This is by the Holy Spirit today. Reconsider what is keeping you busy. Reconsider the time is short. The Holy Spirit, God the Father, is moving all these temples in a direction. Reconsider the things that hold you back from the church. Some people have never been to a Bible school. Some people have never been to a cell. Some people have never tithed. Some people have never been connected to people who are holy and who will challenge them. If you do not have such people in your life, you are in the wrong friendship circle. This is quite serious. The reason why, and it's so hard to counsel people, and they are not temples. And they are living in the court of Gentiles where the Lord had to swipe and get out of there. I want to take you to a new place. You see, God dealt, He said, the remnant of Israel will be saved. Later on, when the rapture of the church happens, He's setting up Israel to deal with them in with what we call Jacob's trouble. God is going to deal with Jacob. But until the day of the rapture, he's busy with his church. So do you see yourself as a temple? Because in a temple, we are careful. This temple must be in the gathering of the saints. So much I, can, I have here for us. So do you know some people have never been to an evening service? Strange. Strange. Some people have never come twice a day to church. Some people have never done, but they are always in church. God has a powerful plan. We are the examples to our children. Be careful. Be careful. Children, they listen to parents. A child need to be in Sunday school. If a child wakes wakes up on a Sunday morning, And starts resisting you. Then that house is in disorder. Get your little children. Grandparents. Parents. Get your little children. The anointing is here at the back. Amen. And this is the way we do it. Listen to this. John 12, 23. But Jesus answered them saying. The hour has come that the son of man should be glorified. What glorified the life of Jesus? The fact that he did the Father's will and that he fully completed that what was set before him. That's the life that glorifies God. Right? But he goes on, most assuredly. Now, whenever the Lord says most assuredly, then you, all ears, all ears are open now. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, the burying of the old man, it remains alone. The people in hell now will for eternity be alone. Never seeing another person will be alone. It says here, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, But he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Such hard words that are used by our Lord. He who hates his life. It means he who hates the things that takes you out of God's presence. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, listen to this now, I'm I'm finishing with this. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. See, that's when the Holy Spirit fills you. Wherever God goes, that is hearing his voice. Wherever he goes, you go. That's the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's, It's so automatic when don't go there. Okay, I won't go there, go here. That's what a temple does. Because a temple is controlled by the spirit inside of it. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. For where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. The father honors those who really serve him by answering their prayers, by providing for them. They'll never lack anything. Amen. And now the Lord said, now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Listen to this. For this hour, this hour, God sent you here. Stop praying fearful prayers. Stop praying Father, please, when, when, when are you fetching me? You know that every single person I, we counsel, they say, when is the Lord coming to fetch us? Because It's not gonna stop. It's, it's, it's not gonna, let me give you good news. The good news is God wants to use you and I. The good news is that we need to stand for Jesus. Please stand. That's the good news. So remove from your mind We know Jesus is coming for a glorified church. Jesus is coming for a clean church. But He's coming for a busy church. A church that is in church. A church that is a church. A church that is a temple. That is what Jesus Christ is coming for. And you qualify. Now, serve Him. Sunday is a holy day. This is the holy day. It's not a hard to be a spur damn day. Now you may go after this, but <laughs> when you declare this as a holy day, you will see God at move. Amen. Father God, Lord, we humble ourselves truly under your mighty hand. As we move on in the spirit now, you've opened the church. Father, we will have a leadership meeting. Everybody's invited. Father God, we stand ready. We are temples that will glorify you. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives this day. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.